gospel from Ephesians chapter number uh, five there. We looked at those verses. And then obviously going back over to verse number 33, uh, it says, let us love uh, his wife of himself and see that, uh, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So let's look at these things here. And that is uh, in our lesson. Number one right here, what is the objective? What is the objective of respect and admiration? In other words, what are we trying to accomplish or ladies, what do you get or are you able to be part of when you're saying, okay, I'm going to buy into this thing of, of respecting and admiring my husband for who he is. Ephesians 5.33 says this, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife and as himself. That's one that we read there. It says right there, and see that she reverence her husband. Here's the three things that you get. Number one, you, it helps to fulfill God's plan. It helps to fulfill God's plan. What does that mean? God has a blueprint, no matter what our society says. Uh, a family is just people who love each other. Well, actually, the Bible has a, bru- a blueprint for the family, okay? It starts with one man and one woman, right? Uh, which is already needlessly controversial, but it's true. And then after that, there's, there's children that are involved in that family. And then there's a structure that, that ends to that family, that the kids are at the bottom and they should obey and they should listen to mom and dad. Uh, as they grow and as they learn those things. And so we help fulfill God's plan. Number two, it provides motivation. It provides motivation. How many of you all know the old joke that uh, a wife will do the dishes a hundred times, right? But the husband's going to do it once and he will tell everybody about the fact that he did those dishes, right? Um, whenever my wife comes home, I always kind of try to make it obvious, like I'll hang out in the kitchen there, you know, like kind of just, you know, standing and just <laughs> randomly pointing to items and things, you know, uh, to see like, hey, you, you, you noticed, right? And, and guys are funny because we do like those type of like, oh, you know, you did this, oh, you fixed this, or oh, you know, whatever. Uh, that simple type of, oh, you moved a load from the washer to the dryer. That, you're a hero, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and so mom has done 48 loads of laundry in that week, you know, but dad moved over one, right? And no, mom will take it out and fold it, but dad moved it over, you know, it was 18 inches over. And so it was a big deal, uh, but it provides motivation. And I know the ladies in here are good about that. And we'll, we'll talk in just a second. Uh, but uh, obviously you recognizing you're saying uh, what your husband's doing and picking up extra shifts or working hard for the family and things like that. And it provides motivation for a guy to hang in there, to do all that at work and to whatever, uh, when he knows he has a wife at home that admires and appreciates and loves him for doing those type of things. Uh, right there, it provides confidence. It provides confidence. I think most guys kind of have a, a shell or exterior of confidence, uh, but inside uh, we're doubtful and questioning ourselves and hoping it turns out right. And uh, very few guys that I meet after talking to them a long time uh, are just naturally uh, just full of, of confidence and things. Uh, they're struggling with it and they're, they're wondering and they're hoping that they're doing things right, especially if you married a good man. And so provide that confidence, that reinforcement. When you see him starting to lead spiritually, uh, conf- uh, uh, point that out and, and admire that in him. Here's, let's look at this, the opponents. What are some things that get in the way of respect and admiration? Ladies, these things will tear down uh, his need of getting fulfilled and respect and admiration. And again, I want us to remember that on these needs here, that his needs are just as relevant as your needs. So your needs, we talked about this before, intimate conversation of financial security, okay, that stability. It is just as much a need for him uh, to have uh, respect and admiration. And here's what will fly in the face of that. Number one is criticism or 
<coughs> the first one, not the number one reason, but uh, criticism. Criticism. Uh, number two, nagging. How many of you have ever heard of Chinese water torture, right? So Proverbs 27, 15, a continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. In other words, after a while, it just, it just grates on you. You know, you just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then right here, uh, being negative, even sarcastic. When I was in, um, if you're like me, you have to circle that sarcastic one about six times. Uh, when I was in college, uh, our chancellor would often say, such a fancy name, right? Uh, he would often say that sarcasm is the lowest form of communication, to which I said, yeah, right. But um, over the years, I have found that to be really true. And I think that you don't actually get it until you're married to somebody because with friends or with guys, you know, you... Guys basically communicate through making fun of each other and through sarcasm and stuff. All the text threads that I have with Brandon or Kyle or Sean or, or Donald or, or other people, and, uh, they, you know, 75% of them are slanted at just trying to, to bash each other sort of in certain ways or tease each other or whatever else. And then there's a couple of encouraging ones like, you know, trash each other. Hey, man, I'm praying for you. Love you a lot. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, just kind of all's well that ends well sort of stuff. But when you're married to somebody, uh, you can't survive very long on, sar- on a steady dose of sarcasm. And I think that, that uh, some people that have married for longer, if you've been married for 23 years or so, uh, you know this is true. If you're married uh, less than that, you're probably learning this. Um, but sarcasm really, really erodes at the uh, base of the relationship. And this is why. Because behind 85% of sarcastic comments or more, there is a hint of truth that you're blowing out of proportion for, for comedic effect. But there is a dose of truth there that you actually do believe, and your spouse knows that that's true, okay? So if you're picking on someone because, of how, uh, because they're a little messy or because they're not a morning person or because of their choice of music or wh- whatever, food or whatever, that you just don't like, you probably actually have a little bit of truth there that you're sort of just veiling, you know, you're putting a little piece of broccoli inside a huge birthday cake, you know, uh, but there's a little bit of, that you're trying to sneak in there. And those little tiny jabs are just like little razor cuts is all they're doing, right? And eventually someone's going to bleed out from that, uh, even though it's going to take about 10,000 times. So just be careful of that. Looking at those three, criticism, nagging, and then negativity, which opponent, no one's going to want to talk on this, right? Which opponent did you have to fight off maybe earlier in your marriage, or have you had to uh, correct or, or, or be on guard with and everything? Now that I've confessed that mine is sarcasm because I realized you can't talk to a wife the same way that you talk to uh, uh, bros and things like that. Uh, does anybody have any uh, commonalities there? Yes, ma'am. So this is still something that I'm really having to work on is the being negative. Okay. Um, since I've... I didn't realize until I got a job how much he does. And now he's doing my stuff, picking up my slack. And before I got a job, I mean, I'd be like, I hate this stupid door. It never, it, it shuts all the time like the bathroom door. It won't stay open. And Sometimes he'll do like you and he'll stand next to the door and be like, did you notice anything I did? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's 
not necessarily negative towards him, but complaining sure. about everything. And he hears things and he fixes it. And I love him for that. And I didn't realize how much he did until I got the job. Okay, I'm done. Amen. All right. <laughs> That's so, so good. I really like what you said. I want to point out what she said there. She said that it was never really towards him. And that's true. But just being around someone who's negative, even if it's not towards you, it just wears on. It just wears on you, you know? And you can't sustain that when you're around someone, you share the same house and the same bed, even if they have 80% of it, whatever the case, it, it just wears on you. And so just be careful about, even if you feel like your criticisms or your nagging, your negativity is not directed towards your spouse, um, there's still going to be uh, secondhand smoke, if you will. Uh, and it's hard to, to live in that environment. Anybody else? That was very good. Thank you, Bobby. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. All right. Let's look at this then. Um, and this is where I wanted to get to uh, for the lesson here. We've got 10 minutes at this spot. The outline to greater respect and admiration. So now we know what the enemies are. How can we cultivate uh, greater respect and admiration. There are several of them here. I think a lot of them will be uh, pretty basic and you'll understand the reasons behind them and such. Uh, but looking at this, the first one right here, if you're saying I just can't find it or can't, I, it's hard for me to do, number one right there, I would just say that it's important for us to get right with God. If we have a negative or critical spirit that is a spiritual issue and Anyone, if you have a critical or negative spirit, anyone who spent enough time with, around you would pick up on it. The thing is, though, is that most of us won't see it because we see you even at church at the most extreme four hours a week. So we're not going to really notice that. Um, but I guarantee you that your spouse and then your kids will. So you need to search your own heart and say, man, God, if I'm just really negative or if I'm, if I'm really a complainer or a critical or whatever, okay? And all of us get to this point and it will just be a constant struggle. You have to always pray and roll it back and repent and pray and roll it back. And this is a great month to do that. I know people are taking challenges and thankfulness challenges and day of challenge, whatever that sort of thing. But we, it, it's an opportunity for us to roll it back and say, you know, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Let's put down the negativity for a while and let's talk about some positive uplifting things for the good of our family. Number two right there. Look for the good. Look for the good. Sometimes, you, as the Bible says, you might have to look for that door uh, that is now fixed, right? Or look for that small meal that they did. Or look for the fact that maybe he packed that lunch or he helped you out when you were overwhelmed or whatever. Take the opportunities to look for the good in what your husband is doing there. Uh, Proverbs 22, or 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. Look at this. But a good word maketh it glad. Words can change around someone's outlook, their countenance. Uh, their perspective. Imagine if, if if your husband went off to work or you're both going off to work or whatever, obviously. If both spouses went off to work. They left that morning on a good note and encourage you, hey, when we come back tonight, we're going to do this. We got this to look forward to. And that's a great day. You can carry that throughout the day. Or if you left with a fight and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this when I get home and I got to go on late to work, that kind of thing. And he's rushing out the door and she's throwing a shoe and, you know, whatever it is, that's not as fun to come back to, right? And it doesn't make for a good environment. So here's the talking point. I know we're going to get a lot of things on. Name, let's name something uh, good that, and I know you could go on for days, ladies, but um, if we'll, we'll keep it brief, but think about this. Uh, what is something good that you admire in your husband. Yes, ma'am. How hard he works for us and takes care of us. I mean, he's allowed me to stay home for 11 years and 
take care of our kids and he gets up. Doesn't matter if he's not feeling good or but he goes to work and works very hard. Okay, good. I was like looking at the guys when the wife's saying because they always have this awkward like, what do you do? What do you do when someone's bragging on you? You know, you can't you can't look good about it, right? All right, anybody else? Yes, ma'am. So Chuck works really really hard and he works a lot and I do admire that. But he also makes sure that if our kids are into something, he's into that with them all the way. And um, he also does his own laundry and work. He does dishes <laughs> and he cooks. Yeah. Even though he's worked. A lot of hours. Awesome. Good man, Chuck. Awesome. Katie? What? When does the weekend start? Friday night, Saturday morning? <laughs> Saturday. So if you know he starts on Saturday morning, at what point on Friday do you say, okay, I'm stopping changing? Uh, this will be a carryover diaper. No, that's awesome, Pete. You're right. Good stuff, man. Sure. Good stuff. Awesome stuff. Yes, ma'am. Rebecca, sorry. Ross also works very hard, but and he provides for us in every way. But I also have some pretty serious health problems that have to be watched up. But he also takes very good care of me, um, being perceptive of my physical health. And all that. I appreciate that. Awesome. Mimi? Um, so when we met eight years ago, he always... Um, when we're with the kids, he always initiated that spiritual conversation. Always. And so he's always did it with the kids. He still does it. And now he's carried it on to our grandkids. Amen. So he's always did that. He opened the Bible with them. He read verses to them. His Bible that he carries around everywhere. And he continues to do that. And he does it with our grandkids. So like that's the best for me. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I admire my husband's strength. Yeah, he just... Takes, he takes a lot of from everybody, you know, he always is well composed. He takes the lead, like really takes the lead with everything, you know, make sure I don't have to worry, stress. So I just I admire him, you know, the type of man that he is, the dad that he is, and the husband. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Amen. That was good. All right. Um so you already did some of that now, but uh tell him, all right. Um I think that probably for all of us and this is this is something that so this is something that they tell you to do in counseling is you get people talking and you'll say okay so man I want you to tell <clears throat> wife here uh, some things that you like about her wife tell some things you and then you watch as the guards just drop because what you realize is that someone really does feel something for somebody else or whatever it's just that either through pride or because 
we feel like we're being slighted, so we're not willing to be the first to go or whatever. We just don't say things a lot, you know. Uh, we don't tell somebody how much we appreciate them, whatever the case. And so uh, don't don't uh, don't do that. Look at this verse right here. I love the, the the wording of the choice here in the King James Version. Proverbs three twenty seven says this: Withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Do meaning, okay, you owe your spouse. There's certain things you owe your spouse. Love, admiration, okay? Intimate conversation, guys, for the ladies. All the things we've been talking about. So it says right there, withhold. In other words, if you're withholding, it's something you do possess and you could give it, but you're purposely saying, no, 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 you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Sort of dangling it in front of him, but you're not going to give it to right now. You're holding on to it either until they, what, meet an expectation or until they deserve it in your mind or I don't know what the thought process is, but you're withholding it saying, oh, I'll give it to you whenever something is fulfilled. And so withhold not good from him to whom it is due when it is, in the, uh, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Obviously, words are always free and it's always within our power in order to uh, help uh, uh, our spouse out in that. Um, this is crazy, um, but it said uh, there's a guy by the name of Jim Binney, and he he writes uh, spiritual um, marriage books and things like that. Um, but he said that in all of his counseling, he's noticed that it takes four compliments to balance out one criticism. So no matter who you're talking to, this is probably more so uh, on a family level because you're so close, you admire that person, so their words are gonna go deeper than random stranger, coworker you don't really like that much, relative you see once a year. So it takes four compliments in order to uh, offset one criticism that you might uh, give towards somebody. So. If you're thinking like, man, I don't have that many hours in a day to pay back all of my uh, compliments, uh, then what we might want to do is just try to come down with our criticisms, okay, in order to level out um, our compliments. But be willing to give compliments, and as long as they are sincere, then they will be received really, really well. But remember that too, especially with your kids, okay? Might pick on our kids, and our kids need to hear some things of ways that they could improve, um, but you can't destroy their spirit uh, by always being critical of how uh, they are or whatever else. Um, D, praise him for who he is and not who he will become. Obviously, if you're working off a vision of what you want your spouse to be one day, one day, one day, uh, one day might not come for that. And so be willing to praise him for who he is and not who he will become. Another one of my uh, college teachers used to always say, uh, Stuart Mason, Sean will know him. He always says that people will always become their criticism or their praise. So if you want to help lead someone into an area, uh, begin to praise that uh, effort a lot because that's what you want to nurture and to develop. Uh, but especially with kids who can, they're not good and you can never be better, that kind of thing. At some point you're just saying, well, why even try? It doesn't look like there's a road ahead. And that can happen with an immature child, but it also happens with mature adults all the time. Well, like if, I, if a husband feels like, oh, I just can't even please my wife. Well, then he's just, the result is he's going to stop trying at some point. And so help to praise someone and leading them towards uh, the good things. Express your faith in him. Express your faith in him. Now, really, the only time you can do this or the only time when it's really effective is when you're looking down hardships. So this is when it becomes really, really key. If it's tight financially or you're going through a tough time or whatever else, you're looking at him saying like, you know what? I know you'll figure it out. You, you got us. You know, you're, you're, you can, you, you know, I know that you can lead us through this or whatever. That's going to mean a lot through a guy because a guy wants to lead. He wants to protect his family. He wants to be the one to figure out how to get there. He's the one who won't stop and ask for directions, right? Because he's going to figure it out. And so express your faith in him, even if you've been driving around for three hours. Let him know that you need him. 
and you depend on him. Let him know that you need him uh, and that you depend on him. I know that today, I know it's 2018, uh, you know, no, no lady needs a man. Um, and then, you know, and then life hits. You're like, oh, wow, you know, I guess I really do need a spouse. And yes, you do. And so let him know that you need him and depend on him. Um, accept his decisions in your spirit. Accept his decisions in your spirit. Now, again, if you talked about something and he says, okay, well, this is the move that we're going to make. Even if you find out later on that it's the wrong decision, okay, it's still better in the long run for you to say, okay, I trust you. We're going to go with that. Even if you think it's going to backfire, okay, and it does backfire, it's still better for your marriage in the long run for you to always bet on the side of saying, all right, honey, I trust you. We're, we're going to go and do this. Now, obviously, if he wants to take out a $3 million loan on something, right, maybe you need to back up and say, well, let's talk to a couple of people. Uh, let's call up Dave Ramsey. Let's see if we can talk to somebody about this. Uh, but on, on most decisions, just be willing to uh, accept that decision. Uh, bring a praise with every compliment. And this is, this, is, it, this is when you need to talk about, here's what I mean by that, um, or with every complaint. Bring a praise with every complaint. Um, when you need to talk about things, and this happens in marriage, and you know, I need you to do this, or we need this adjustment, or whatever else, uh, be willing to bring first with it a praise. Colossians 4, 6 is a great verse for any type of conflict. Let your speech be always with grace, and then it says right there, seasoned with salt. So even if I'm serving something you might not like, I'm going to season it uh, with something that you might like because it will help. Uh, as they say, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Uh, seek spiritual counsel. From your husband. Seek spiritual counsel from your husband. And you might say, but he's not spiritual at all. Okay, well, let him play that role that God wants him to play and hopes that he will step up. And guys, we want to be stepping up spiritually. Um, but ladies, why don't you take someone and say, hey, you know what? I've been struggling with this. What do you think about that? And he goes, I have no idea. And, uh, but from the Bible, you say, well, I want you to pray with me about it. Let him fulfill that role. Here's what we're going to do. This is week nine homework. Since it's on Thanksgiving, and this is both for guys and for girls. So hopefully you have a piece of paper right there. I want you to write down three things you're thankful about your spouse. Don't do it in front of them. But then come back later on and say, hey, I wanted to just read these to you. Maybe I don't say these enough. Maybe I haven't pointed them out lately. But here's three things that I really, really, really appreciate that you do or I admire you for, I love you for, or whatever else. So guys, do that for the ladies. Show it to them. Ladies, do that for the guys. Show it to them. We're so thankful for you guys. I hope you have a great uh, Thanksgiving with your families and everything as well. Uh, if you need anything, um, please let me know. I will have uh, extra time this week uh, since I'm bachelor in Rio Rancho. And uh, so if I can help you in any way, please let me know. God bless you. You guys are dismissed.